Hi, this is Ruhi and you have tuned into Dastane Musafirs. On this show, we explore poems and stories from my book, In Conversation with Light and Darkness. And this is also where you get to know the inner workings of my personal journey and the stories that built me. Aajkal, social media mein, hum aise kaafi saare terms sunte hain. Toxic, red flags, green flags, healthy, unhealthy relationships. To me, it feels like social media has opened this whole new dictionary of relationships in our world. We've been flooded by this new lingo so much, it appears to me that we've got the labels. We've been served the labels, but we are yet to grasp the wholeness of their meanings. मेरा मतलब है कि आजकल हम पलट के किसी को भी नार्सिसिस्ट बोल देते हैं बट इट इज अ सीरियस कंडीशन टू बी डायग्नोस्ड क्लिनिकली एंड नॉट अ वर्ड टू बी लेबल्ड एज जजमेंट एंड थ्रोन अराउंड लाइक दैट कहीं हम मॉडर्न रिलेशनशिप समझते समझते इस फैंसी लिंगो में खो तो नहीं गए हैं आई रोड अ पोम अबाउट द फर्स्ट टाइम आई फेल्ट वट टॉक्सिक मेंट not what it means on the surface but what it feels under the surface and here it goes dear relationships forgive me for i did not know what toxic meant when i met toxic it did not look speak or smile toxic i never thought toxic would be a name that sounds like arabic poetry or feels like a night under the stars by the river i never thought toxic would come wearing a sunshine smile a long floral dress or a yellow shirt that smelled of happiness i never thought toxic would come wearing a mask of friendship love motherhood or brotherhood i never thought that like smoking people can also be injurious to health until one day least expected of all when you have already let your guards down whispered your deepest fears and unrobed yourself vulnerable toxic teaches you what it really means to be toxic now 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 don't look back remember the red flags when you see toxic don't call it love when you hear toxic don't call it friendship when you feel toxic don't call it justified see it hear it feel it for what it is accept it sometimes you need to hold a mirror call leave when facing toxicity sometimes their body is not the home you dreamt of sometimes truth is a hostage to promises but then there's you you who has started eating again you who has embraced himself you who believes in healthy relationships you who doesn't feed on rotten friendships you who knows it's best to wear a life jacket in the sea of people you who knows how to say no and mean it you who knows what toxic means <laughs> after writing this poem a question kept finding its way back to me how do we move beyond the blames and shift the focus back to ourselves to healing to growth we are so blessed to have prerna 
our mental health facilitator on the show today to help us understand relationships better. Pradna, welcome to the show again. Thank you so much for having me again. It's a huge pleasure and I'm super excited uh, for this talk again. We have discussed this a lot uh, during our lives on Instagram. We've had so many similar questions. And I think it would be great if we could start with establishing what is toxic, what are red flags, what is healthy, and what are green flags. So toxicity is a word which means that we are putting our attention outside of us. When we say toxic, it means outside of us. We don't feel supported. We feel that we cannot communicate openly and we're stifled. We feel envy and jealousy or these other people feel envy or jealousy from us, the partners. We feel that we are controlled and they resent us and they're dishonest with us. All of this is toxicity. We feel disrespected also. And then there is financial toxicity that is also there in the relationship where people uh, take money from us, they return us, and every single time they'll come to us, be nice to us, and then ask for borrowing some money. And then again, they'll repeat their cycle of disrespect and invalidating us. However, I feel a bigger question comes here is, why am I attracting uh, toxicity in my life? That's inward toxicity. Only if there is toxicity within us, uh, we will we invite toxicity that is outside of us. It's not uh, black and white. It's not like uh, you are all uh, nice and pink and rosy and then somebody is trying to attack you and uh, bring toxicity to your life. A good question should be that, why am I attracting such people in my life? I think that was one question that changed my journey completely, Prerna. It it made me question every relationship to the core of its intent and realizing that how I was also supporting, you know, if, if I was over giving or if I was over mothering, then in turn, I was always finding people who were looking for such roles in their lives. And that's how I always ended up there. <laughs> but it's good to see the difference. Uh, so next thing you were talking about, what are red flags? What are green flags? Um, this this modern concept of pop psychology bringing up these the concept of flag. Yes, but I think these flags are within us. More than flags outside of us. Once you've asked yourself the question that, why am I here? Why am I in this relationship? What is in it for me by being in this relationship? The red flag is, again, that you continue to choose people like this again and again. The green flag here is uh, you feel calm. You feel supported. You feel your authentic self. How you feel. The green flag tick tick box is not what other person is doing, that they're being respectful, they're being gentle, they're being, uh, uh, they're supporting you in your decisions, they're not using you financially. Those outside things can be easily pretended for uh, three months, six months, even one year. Then how do you know that whether you are in a toxic relationship or not? 
But green flag is within you. You feel validated. You feel authentic. You feel that you're living your truth. You feel that there are no questions arising. You feel there is no dependency. By the way, dependency is also a red flag. I thought that was codependency. I would like a dependable partner. Are we mixing it with responsible partner? A partner who's responsible is automatically dependable. But you know, a partner who could just take care of dinner when I don't want to take care of dinner. A partner I know that, okay, if I have asked him to do something or I have requested something, let's say if I have noise sensitivity, right? So I'm just depending on you to take care of uh, not being so loud in the house, like, you know, or uh, not not play loud noises, war noises. It's just in the little things that I would want to depend on you, maybe lean on you sometimes. I don't always want to be the one trying to find things or do things. Sometimes I just want to lean and not do anything. <laughs> Dependency automatically happens when, when there is sensitivity. I am sensitive enough towards the needs of my partners. And that is why I'm going to be considerate. If you refuse to see your partner, then automatically your partner stops being dependable. This is opening a new question inside me, something I thought I wouldn't, uh, uh, it, it wasn't planned in my questionnaire list, but I am so compelled to ask you this question. How do we see ourselves? Because I understand only then can we see another. So the question is, uh, if I'm trying to see my partner, how do I first understand that I have to see myself? And when I'm doing that, how do I do that? The answer is fairly simple, not as complicated as the question. It's to sit with yourself. If you're willing to sit with yourself, you can see yourself. It doesn't matter for how long you sit with yourself. It could be five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, one hour, few hours, but Uh, at regular intervals, sitting with yourself, accepting all your thoughts, 100%, accepting all your feelings, talking to your feelings, writing to your feelings, singing your feelings. The more and more you study yourself, you try to understand yourself, the more you'll be able to understand the other person. You refuse to meet yourself, then you can't meet your partner. You'll meet a version of them that you want to see that uh, fits into your story. Well, <laughs> um, what does one do when they realize that they are in a toxic relationship? What should be my initial few steps? Hate the sinner, uh, sin, not the sinner. That's the first step. So first is agreeing that toxicity, the whatever we are calling toxicity, is the problem, not the person themselves. Um and then talking to that person about it, saying that this I can't do, you've been asking and I've been giving, or that I've been sharing and you have been continuously criticizing whatever I have been sharing. The first step is talking to the other person without attacking them. And how do you not attack them when you realize that the person and the toxicity are not one and the same thing, they're two different things. And second is obviously taking professional help from anywhere. Any sort. It doesn't have to be actually, um, it doesn't have to be professional help. It can be spiritual help. It can be talking to friends. It can be uh, uh, going for long walks and sitting with yourself. But do something about it. Just staying with it is uh, is a problem. But any medium is fine. 
I think what really helped me uh, when I was understanding toxicity and when I was dealing uh, with a lot of toxicity around me was to, uh, and this was uh, given to me by you only, Prerna. Thank you so much. But it was to take a pause. If you're angry in the moment, take a pause. Process the anger. If both of you are going to bring the roof down, then the roof is going to come down, right? Uh, but if one of you decides to take a simple walk, even for that matter, right, Prerna? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pa- pausing helps you reassess your feeling, gives names to it. When we don't pause, we react out of our patterns. However, we have seen our primary caregivers reacting, how we've seen our peer groups reacting, or so much so that how we've seen uh, people on TV shows reacting. I'm supposed to feel hurt here. Then this is what I'm going to do. And all of this is very unconscious. It's not we're planning that this is how I'm going to behave. It's so unconscious and it doesn't lead to anywhere. It only spoils the problem further. So pausing is like, okay, what am I feeling here? Giving names to those feelings. What are my thoughts here? And what are the alternative ways of thinking about it? And then talking to that person. And I think that also helped me become less toxic because when I would get angry, I would also say things that I said not because I meant them. Actually, mostly never because I meant them. <laughs> mostly and never doesn't go along. But yes, it's relationships we are talking. So I, I said it because I wanted to hurt the other person and not because I meant it. But when I started pausing, it helped me process that, okay, I don't want to say it. So why would I say it? That's a beautiful question to ask yourself. I'm not the kind of person to say it. Yet I'm feeling like saying this. Where is it coming from? Where have I heard somebody talk to me like that? Yeah, and that helped me become less toxic. We all are toxic. See, the starting place should be that we all are toxic. As I said in the beginning, it's not that you are rosy and all pink and all love. Somebody is a bully to another person. True. In fact, bullies always take me to the topic of uh, narcissism and empaths because I I remember you have a wonderful analogy to simplify the huge concepts that are so confused on social media these days. So, Prerna, please tell us what is narcissism and what do we define as an empath? Okay. So, uh, narcissism is a person who believes that the entire world is against them. And they blame other people and never take the responsibility for their actions. Uh, Empaths, on the other hand, believe that uh, they need to take responsibility for their own well-being. So everything is uh, centered on them and they find a way of um, uh, relating to other people, trying to understand where they're coming from and... uh, Uh, even, you know, mimicking the uh, feelings and expressions of other people. So these are empaths. Uh, And they also don't want others to suffer the way they have suffered. They want to be there for other people, uh, like no one was there for them. So the starting point is that I have have a theory that uh, narcissists and empaths were created from bullying, both of them. Just that the narcissist decided to blame the world And empaths decided to ask themselves, how can I save myself from the world? What can I do better? And thus narcissists keep repeating the cycle of abuse because when they blame other people, they hate other people, 
they also say mean things to other people they become insensitive to other people so they actually end up repeating the cycle of abuse empaths actually end up trying to kill the cycle of abuse but they tend to overgive some of them also repeating the pattern of bullying but on themselves they bully themselves that's why empaths are always troubled wow um heavy <laughs> but beautiful as always each time you tell it it takes me off by a storm <laughs> all right moving on um we've another we've heard another really popular term these days uh, which is boundaries so what are boundaries and how do we set them because they are said to be the stepping stones of any healthy relationship be it romantic or not friendship uh, even I, in fact you know to be very honest ever since i've started sharing healthy boundaries with my family i think we got so much better so talking about boundaries uh, it's a misunderstood concept uh boundaries like any any concept has details to it it has its beginning it has its uh then detailed part of it to begin with yes the way they talk about uh, boundaries on social media that's the way to go about it strict boundaries i am going to say no i am going to uh, encourage people to respect my space i am going to say whatever comes to my mind that's a starting place but that's not the place we need to stay at real boundaries are offering yourself a choice it is becoming aware of yourself and it is becoming aware of the situation around you and it is becoming aware of the person involved with you once you're aware of these three things i you and the environment around you then you can decide then boundary becomes a choice now generally i'm not the kind of person who prefers being hugged i have strong physical boundary because of touch sensitivity i i i don't like being touched by everyone however if i see that there's a child who has come to me for counseling and they have been neglected physically by their parents and uh, they have this strong need for love i would go ahead and allow them to hug me or me hugging them that's where i i i then i don't have a boundary that okay fine i don't like physical touch so i'm never going to allow it when we repeat boundaries in our mind as if it's it's a defining trait of our personality we refuse to give ourselves choice and thus take away freedom of being our boundaries becomes a cage if i'm able to ex- uh, explain it i'm not saying that people should not be strict about their boundary again it is the first stepping stone yes we need strict boundaries but as we gain more spiritual awareness more psychological awareness boundaries become a uh, like a semi permeable layer every single time we decide what needs to be let in what needs to go out in the moment in the moment is everything i think that is the most beautiful definition i've heard so far <laughs> it is a practice more uh, the reason why i like it so much because it is a practice and not just a you know fancy definition online it is something that i can activate every moment and even if i don't remember it i can activate it whenever i remember it adding on to it self awareness and boundaries go hand in hand we can only remember to give ourselves choices when we are living with self awareness who am i and as i said who am i who is this person and what is my environment at this time and self awareness never stops it's a journey 
till the time you're alive you'll keep working on it there's always something more that can be explored uh it's like purity uh i keep giving the example of uh, purifying water it's easiest to purify water from from river with its pebbles and its sand very simplistic process and then it becomes more uh, fine more advanced process of purifying water sometimes you fill an aro uh, with water and you don't even need to you think there's no need to clean it it's already clean but still there is space to remove uh, impurities that we can't see yet i remember one day i came to your place and <laughs> we were talking about uh, you know how there are good vibes all around and then you were just giving me water and you were you held it for a moment and then you gave me the glass and then i asked you what did you just do and you said good vibes <laughs> so simple the water even tastes different true i think only when we pay attention to it again we come back to self awareness with that yeah but a good practice we can try it something to be tried at home without any supervision maybe <laughs> isn't it rena <laughs> so self awareness is not the end goal of life it's the way of life if we treat psychological growth and spiritual growth mixed with self awareness if we take it as a journey only then it will give you its gifts if you treat it as an end goal the process becomes uh, like a snake wrapped around your neck frankly uh, it's become it becomes suffocating to work on yourself because it's literally your inner critic making you do the work true true something to be aware of while we are being aware while we are already at it <laughs> all right that brings me back um to one of the questions that i uh, that coming back to me after i wrote the poem how do we move beyond the blames and shift the focus back to ourselves to healing to growth to self awareness even for that matter first of all it is accepting the situation as it is a lot of people linguistically confuse acceptance and agreement that i have to be okay with it uh, no i'm not asking you to be okay with it it's like fine this is how it is so once you accept the situation you are able to study the contributing factors to that situation only then can you see it truly and once you see it truly you're able to make decisions about how do you want to go about changing that equation you want the help of a therapist you want uh, to work on it yourself you both are equally motivated then you can work on it on your own and also asking yourself this question again and again that where are these patterns coming from my favorite kind of couple would be the kind of couple who can ask both can ask themselves where is it coming from my mom does this lovely thing she's recently started doing this whenever i'm overreacting she'll say prena this is not about this situation where is it really coming from and that makes me pause for a second and arrive at the real cause of the issue i am feeling disrespected i am feeling unloved the gesture may be whatever but then i am feeling this and the moment i arrive at i'm feeling disrespected i'm feeling unloved then next question is how can i love myself a little more what will help me feel respected right now 
and then those there's so many things in the past somebody would have given you something for gratitude there would have been something that somebody would have given to you to show their love and those sim- that symbolism is around you the connecting with that symbolism can help you bring out of that toxicity that is there with your partner you know while uh, while you were talking about this uh, i was so eager to interject that one of the exercises that prena you and i did was about uh, figuring out our core values and analyzing if they match with the core values of our partner could you please talk about this a little because i'm sure this can help so many people help me a lot actually absolutely so half the problem that we are unable to communicate well with our partners or we feel misunderstood by them or we feel uh, disrespected by them is because our core values are not same basically sitting down and writing down what are the things that you're generally attracted towards what are the things that you don't like about the world and around you so those two questions will bring out a theme and that theme will tell you what your core values are what do i always com- conclude when i feel uh, people are not being nice to me like for my my thing it was uh, or the conclusion was always uh, uh, i'm feeling unloved so love is a very important value for me if there's a loved one asking me for something and there's another job i need to do i would rather do what the loved one needs i have uh, made many sacrifices for the loved ones but is a uh, love of a romantic partner uh, equally important for my partner and for them it could be prestige which is more important so if prestige and making a name in the world is more important for them they will keep neglecting their partner they will always choose uh, uh, to do their work uh, to uh, be with the social circle which with which they don't have a very deep uh, connection because deep connection is not very important for them so arriving at that and talking about it and realizing that okay fine the my partner has these core values and i have these core values so i need to accommodate that sometimes it's important for if my partner's work is more important then i need to make space for them to work if love is more important for me my partner needs to make space for me to make me feel loved and also that sometimes uh, people can have very different uh, core values for example in one of your core values you may have let's say loyalty and in somebody else's list that may not uh, be a, a core value at all it may not even exist or it may have a very different definition than yours but once we break it down to what it really is it just becomes a little easier to accept for what the relationship really is and not just what we want to see it as isn't it rena absolutely and people shouldn't be scared of moving on then people should not be scared of okay fine now i realize my core values are very different from my partner uh then how how will we proceed further uh we keep expecting each other to change either we change ourselves and we change other we try to change other people but we have to remember this is core value core values can hardly be changed no matter how hard you try they can't so if they can't be changed the option of moving on with respect with love that there is no problem between us it's not that i hate you it's just that we are different people and we both deserve happy lives hey now kitna simple hai to just accept that you are a very different kind of person that doesn't mean that i don't love you if i truly love you then 
I accept you for who you are. And even if that means moving on and choosing separate paths, it's okay. I can continue to love uh, the people who are not an active part of my life, of my life at this time, and yet, uh, you know, choose two very separate ways, isn't it? This brings me to another point that I keep uh, talking about in all my relationship counseling, that love, dating, and marriage, they, they are three different concepts. Let's not confuse them. You can love a person, but you may not date them. You may not get married to them. You may date a person, but you may not love them or want to marry them. You may be married to a person, but you may not love them. You may, you may not want to date them. You may have never dated them and straight away married them. Because marriage is an institution. It's a social construct. It's an institution. And if it's an institution, it comes with rules and match of certain values, which people need to sit down and talk about it. There is nothing right and wrong. And this is the best time to be alive in this world. I can't say it more passionately because the openness is so much. There's somebody for everyone. If you want an open relationship, there are people there. You want a, a flexible, fluid relationship. You want a bisexual relationship. You want whatever kind of relationship. You can find people. But the condition is, do you accept yourself 100%? If you accept yourself 100%, then there'll be no dearth of partners with no matter what belief system you have. But you've got to live your truth to find a partner that is best suited for you. If you are living a lie, you will attract that lie. And this is a rookie mistake a lot of people make. Uh, when people uh, who are fear of, uh, afraid of being abandoned, they will generally show themselves that they don't need anyone. They'll carry themselves in a very independent manner and actually attract a person in their life who is looking for an independent partner, who's, who doesn't care how much time they get, who doesn't care uh, how much support they get and thus keep repeating the cycle of attracting partners who will actually abandon them or make them feel abandoned because they are trying to show the, to the world that I, I'm not afraid of abandonment. I'm super independent. Thank you so much, Predna, for helping us understand relationships a little better today. Is relationship experience share and in the meantime, you dear listeners, dear Musafirs, if you have any questions or stories for Prerna or me, you can send us your recordings by clicking on the Ask Me Anything link in the show description here or on my Instagram. If you felt connected to our stories, please subscribe to our podcast. Until then, this is Ruhi signing off. Take good care of yourself. <laughs>